Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time has come to open up your Word and be ministered to. We pray that your Spirit will work mightily revealing himself, revealing the word to us and making it life and light to our minds as well as to our spirits. Lord, you said in your word that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we come to you with an open heart and an open mind and we ask that you may Minister the word to us by your spirit today. Encourage us, strengthen our faith, help us and teach us new things when it comes to the use of our faith and to the exercise of our faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Today we're going to continue on the theme that we have been on for the last four weeks entitled Overcoming Faith. We're talking about Overcoming Faith. The title of this message is Examples of Faith. We're going to look at some examples from the Word of God of um, particularly uh, a person, David, who how he used his faith and overcame tremendous odds against him. The foundational scripture for our lesson is taken from the epistle of John. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 and 5. Let's read that verse together again. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. As you all know, we are currently studying the subject of faith. The faith of God was given to the believer so that the believer can live on this earth an overcoming life, a life that is lived under the blessing of the Lord, and a life that is pleasing to God. This is the purpose for our faith. Faith is also the designated channel by which we give to God as well as receive from God. It is by faith, the Bible says, that we are enabled to serve Him in an acceptable way. The Bible says that by faith we offer the fruit of our lips, giving thanks and praise to His name. Now, through faith, we also receive from God our daily needs. We receive the fulfillment of our godly desires as well as the fulfillment of the promises that God has given to us. It is through faith that these promises are being fulfilled. 
The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please God. It is clear from the scriptures that if we desire to please God and walk in the blessing of the Lord, we need to learn how to live and walk by faith. Look at with me please. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. I know we have looked at this verse before, but repetition is the mother of learning. Just because we've read it once or twice or ten times, it does not mean that we do not read and meditate on these verses of Scripture concerning the faith of God. Hebrews 10.38 tells us, Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. As I have mentioned in our previous studies on the subject, having the faith is one thing, but learning how to use it is another. This is the reason why we're studying the subject of faith in depth, the reason we are going over this over and over again, so that we can learn how to use our faith and live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. If faith is the only way we can please God, then it is imperative that we learn what faith is and how we can use the measure of faith that God has given us so that we can live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Amen? Now, so far in our studies, we have discussed the importance of right thinking. We did say that right thinking produces right believing. We talked about how to obtain a renewed mind as we study and learn the thoughts of God. It's important that we learn to think in line with God's Word if our faith is to be productive and bear fruit in our lives. The second thing we studied, and we did that last week, we looked at the value and the importance of words. Right words can release faith into the atmosphere and charge it with the love and the presence of God. Words can do that because words are containers of spiritual substance and power. Wrong words can also captivate and imprison us in failure and defeat. Now, last week we've looked at a verse of scripture from the book of Proverbs, Chapter 6 and verse 2. Proverbs 6 and verse 2. These are very important words. This is what it says. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, and thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. That tells me that words have the ability to ensnare us or imprison us. 
And words have the ability and the power to release us into greater things in the Lord. Depending on the words we choose to speak and believe from our hearts. As I said, words are very important. We are living in a word-created world. Everything that you see and don't see was created by the word of the Lord. The Bible says that the worlds are upheld by the word of God. So we are living in an environment that is word-created. And words carry power. Speaking the right words is vitally important if our faith is to produce the results that we desire. Now, today, we're going to look at an example from the Old Testament and, and see how David exercised his faith and obtained the victory against enormous challenges. He stepped into a platform that was charged with fear and panic. The children of Israel were terribly discouraged and faint-hearted when Goliath stepped on the scene and threatened them for 40 days. Now, this example will, surely, will clearly show us how speaking words of faith and acting on what we believe will enable us to overcome any challenge that we may face in our lives. Regardless of what we're facing, you have the power and the ability through faith in God's Word to overcome any challenge, any enemy that may come against you. Now, it's a well-known story that we've learned, most of us have learned from our Sunday school days when we were children, the story of David and Goliath. Let's pick up this story from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 and we are going to be reading down from verse 31 to 37 and comment as we go along. The first book of Samuel, chapter 17, verse 31. Now, we will pick up the story from where David is summoned before Saul to address the king with his request. Verse 31. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. And he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth and he a man of war, a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, please take special note of the words that David repeated, not only in the ears of Saul, but in the ears of his brothers and in the ears of the entire army. David said to Saul, 
your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, and struck it and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, Notice how often the scriptures say, David said, David said. The scripture repeats that. David is continuing to speak, and the words that he speaks are charged with faith and confidence in his great God. He said, David is continually speaking, and he said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Now here we clearly see David's faith speaking. Remember, this is a 16-year-old youngster. He's just a teenage boy. But his faith was strong in the Lord. He came out of the presence of God with a strong faith, understanding and knowing who his God is and what his God is able to do. So we see David's faith speaking and saying over and over again what he intends to do with the Philistine. As Christians, we need to realize that our struggle in life is not against flesh and blood, is not against other human beings. But we wrestle, the Apostle Paul says, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Our fight and struggle is spiritual and mental and not physical. And one of the strongest weapons we have at our disposal is words. Write that in capital letters in front of your Bible. The Word of God is not only a weapon of defense, but of offense. One of the strongest weapons that God has given in our armory is words. And we need to understand that words are containers of spiritual power. Notice that David's faith never said anything about how fearsome and terrifying Goliath is. But he stated through his words over and over again his faith in God that he serves. He did not magnify the problem, but magnified his God. So often when we speak, either in our way of thinking or when we speak to other people, we magnify the problem rather than the solution. We talk about how difficult things are. 
We talk about what we see, what we feel with our natural senses, rather than speaking into the situation the promises of God and the words of God that carry tremendous power in order to solve or to overcome the challenges of life. Never magnify the problem. Never magnify your enemy. Magnify God because God is greater than any enemy. And God is greater than anyone who may come against you, regardless of what arrays itself against you. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But every tongue that may rise against you, you will judge and condemn. Amen? You cannot shut the devil's mouth. He's going to spew fear. He's going to spew death and destruction. But you need to learn how to resist him being steadfast in your faith. Amen? David never said how big Goliath is. David never said how strong he is. But he repeatedly over and over again stated what he's going to do to Goliath in the name of the Lord. Amen? And there's a lesson for us to learn here. We should always be speaking words. Words that are based on God's greatness and His willingness and His faithfulness to help and to deliver us from all of our enemies. These are the words that we should be speaking to ourselves and to whoever wants to hear it. So notice that Saul tried to dissuade David from going up against the Philistine. It was the natural thing to do. I mean, he's 16 years of age. What does he know about war? He's going up against a man of war who's been in war all of his life. The Bible says he was so tall, I can't remember the exact measurements, but he, this guy was huge. David was like a little, um, how can I put it? Um, he was so little in front of this big giant but David had a great heart amen so Saul tried to dissuade David from going up against the Philistine and David when when Saul tried to discourage him from going up notice what David did David carefully chose words of faith to convince Saul that he was up to the task. Amen? What did David do? He chose the right words. What do you think Saul saw and heard in David that persuaded him to release him and send him out into the battlefield? Let's read the words that David said to Saul once again. David said, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and I struck it and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. And moreover, David said, 
The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bay, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. There is no trace of doubt, fear or unbelief in the words that came out of David's mouth. He said, the Lord will deliver me. Not maybe, not perhaps. Well, let's go and give it a try. He spoke with such words of confidence and faith that Saul, King Saul, saw the faith and the confidence of this young man in God that he had no other choice but to release David and bless him to go into the battlefield. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is how we use our faith, folks. We choose our words from the word of God and we speak them. We speak them into the atmosphere of fear, into the atmosphere of death, into the atmosphere of sickness and disease, because words of God are greater in power than any weapon the enemy may use against us. So David was released and blessed by Saul to go into the battlefield. Let me say this. Knowing how to use the right words at the right time in every circumstance of life is key to living the abundant life. Amen? I'm going to say that again. Knowing how to use the right words at the right time in every circumstance of life is the key to living a victorious life. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 2 says, Proverbs 15 verse 2, The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 11. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Yo, this, there's a tremendous revelation here. The mouth, your mouth is a well of life. Can you imagine that? That your mouth and your words can produce life, not just to you, but life to those around you. As we speak words of life, words of encouragement, words of love and words of faith. Amen. The Bible says that even when we approach God in prayer, we must take words with us which will release His grace and His mercy upon us. Look at Hosea chapter 14 and verse 2 and see that from your own Bible. These are the words of the Lord. 
Hosea chapter 14 and verse 2. I'll wait a little until you find it. Hosea chapter 14 and verse 2. Are you there? Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. What must we do? Take words with us and return to the Lord. Say to him the right words. And the Bible says he will receive us graciously. You see that? You see how important words are? When we approach God speaking the right words. When you pray, don't tell God the problem. He knows the problem. You don't have to explain it to him. Rather, when you pray, give him the solution. Pray his word. Pray his promises concerning your situation. What did God say about you? What did God say about your family? What did God say about your financial situation? Amen. So give God words that he's able to use and bring into fulfillment in your life. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, I watch over my word to perform it. God stands guard over his word because he honors his word above his name. Nothing moves God as words of faith do. You can cry all you like, we may be in great need, but listen, God is not moved by need. And God is not only is not moved by tears, especially if those tears are tears of unbelief and self-pity. The only thing that moves God on our behalf are words of faith. God will bypass a million people and come to you because you believe. You believe his word. You believe his promises. You stand on his word. You act on his word. You think his word and you speak his word. Now that moves God. And we need to understand that. And we need to believe that. So often we pray and our prayers are embalmed with unbelief and doubt. We go to the Lord and we, we go over the problem over and over again telling Him the problem because we think that God doesn't know the problem. No, many words do not move God. Faith moves God. Words of faith do. Actions of faith do. Now, what the Father is looking for today are men and women, young and old, standing up in the power of the Spirit speaking and declaring words of faith and giving God an opportunity to show himself strong on their behalf. That's what God 
desires. That's what God is looking for, folks. Let's continue reading the story of David and Goliath. We'll pick up from where we left off. Turn with me again to 1 Samuel 17, and we will pick up where we left off. Now, as you see, David managed to convince King Saul that he's able to go up against this Philistine and take him out. Saul saw in this young man tremendous courage and faith. That's what convinced the king and released him to go to the battlefield. Otherwise, he would not have released him. He would not have blessed him. As you see, if you read the whole chapter, you will see David blessed. Uh, um, uh, king Saul blessed David and said, Go and the Lord be with you, my son. Now, we pick up the story. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. And so the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Notice the war of words that is taking place as they stand facing each other, this giant and this little bitty youngster. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Now, you see here the battle that is taking place in the spiritual atmosphere. That's why you see, even you see this, this war of words between Trump and the dictator of the North Korean state. What are they doing? They're speaking words. As I say, words carry tremendous power either for good or for evil. Now, here is war of words that are exchanged between the Philistine and David before the actual battle takes place. You know, we need to realize that battles in our daily lives are won and lost on the lips of the born-again believer long before we engage the enemy. 
The battle was already won by David. All he had to do is go out and receive the victory. The battle was won before he even went up against the Philistine through the words that David spoke, words of faith. Now, as I said, you cannot stop the devil from spewing words. That we cannot do. When, when the devil speaks, he communicates fear, panic. And that's what we just prayed about Zimbabwe. That, that is his weapon, the weapon of fear. People panic. When you panic, you're not in your right mind. You should never allow the spirit of fear to dictate to you what you will do, where you will go, and what you will decide. I saw this so clearly during the independence of Zimbabwe in 1980. Men and women were filled with fear. The country was a major exodus of the white people because they were afraid of the uncertainty. Listen, you who live in Zimbabwe, you do not have to live in fear and uncertainty because you have a God who is greater than all. Your future is bright. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans to give you a future and a hope, regardless of where you live, as long as you remain under the covering and the protection of the Lord. No one can harm you or your family. No one can touch you. Unless you allow them by giving room in your heart to the spirit of fear. Fear opens the door to the devil. Faith opens the door to God. Remain true to the words of God and to His promises. Draw closer to God. Repeat His words to yourself, to your family. Draw ever closer to Him and do what David did. Daily, the Bible says, encourage one another through words of faith, through words of love and encouragement. Now, you can't stop the devil's mouth from, from blabbing fear and death and destruction. But we can surely resist him with the words of faith. You see, he came out onto the scene and he said to David, Am I a dog and you come to me with a sling? I'm going to tear you up and throw your flesh to the birds of the air. David was not moved. He resisted fear and he resisted Goliath. How did he do that? By speaking words of faith from God's promises. Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 and 9 says. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 and 9. The Bible tells us how to resist the enemy. You cannot cower to these words. You cannot give in to fear. You cannot give in to doubt and unbelief. You need to stand strong in the promises of God. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 and 9 tells us, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. How do we resist the devil? Peter tells us, 
by being steadfast in our faith, knowing what we believe and knowing in whom we have believed, that he is able to keep that which we have committed to him. Now, please notice the last sentence of that verse that we read. David said, For the battle is the Lord's, and he will deliver you into our hands. He didn't say, He will deliver you into my hands, but he said, He will deliver you into our hands. What do we see here? David was speaking and fighting on behalf of his entire nation. The rest of the army were hiding in the trenches, filled with fear. They panicked. No one had the courage. For 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath stood and ridiculed them. He cursed them by their God. He defied the armies of the living God. No one had enough courage, including the king. No one had enough faith to stand up and face Goliath, except this little youngster. Thank God for David. Thank God for the man of faith. So David was fighting not just for himself. He was fighting for his family. He was fighting for his entire nation. He stood in that gap and he fought the battle and won the victory. Now, remember, when David stepped onto this platform, the atmosphere in which he stepped in, it was filled with fear and doubt. The unbelief of the people and the doubt and the fear that was going on in that atmosphere did not nullify David's faith. And I want you to really receive a revelation of that. It doesn't matter whether anybody believes or not, as long as you believe and as long as you remain in faith. There, his compatriots, unbelief and fear, didn't nullify his faith. You can stand in the gap for your family, you can stand in the gap for your community, even your entire nation, and fight the good fight of faith on their behalf. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah, please. You can fight the battle for your family regardless of what they believe. You stand in the gap and you fight the fight of faith. You fight on their behalf. You declare the words of God, the promises of God over their lives. And you stand strong in the faith, not giving up, not giving in, not being discouraged by what you see and what you feel, but remaining in faith. Amen. We also see something else here as we go on reading. David acted on the words he spoke. He didn't just say words, but he acted on what he believed and what he said. 
Look at verse 48 and 49. <clears throat> 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48 and 49. And so it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Let me say this. <clears throat> your thoughts, your words and your actions must all line up with the Word of God before victory is realized. The Bible says that faith without works or action is dead. We must act on what we say we believe if our faith is to work. Amen? How did David act on those words that he spoke? Notice what the Word says. David ran towards the giant. That's action. Not from him, but towards him. The rest of the army ran from the giant because they were afraid. But David ran towards the giant because he had faith in the Lord to deliver him. Fear will always cause us to run away from the challenges of life. Not wanting to confront. Not wanting to deal with the situation. But faith in God confronts and ultimately overcomes. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. The Bible says that David obtained the victory against Goliath through faith. And in the verses we've just read and studied, we clearly see how faith works, how David used his faith and defeated the enemy. And for me, the story of David and Goliath serves as a great encouragement for us today and gives us such an example of faith. How to exercise our own faith when we face the Goliaths of everyday life. Believe me, every single day you get out of your house, you will face challenges. You will face trials and tests. Amen? They will come your way, whether you like it or not. We are living in a hostile territory. We are living in a, in a, in a world that, 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 that the devil rules by and large. The Bible says he's the God of this world and he hates your guts. Amen. He will try to stop you. He will try to dissuade you. He will try to discourage you. He will try to do anything in his ability, in his power to take you off course. Let go of your faith. Become discouraged. Become depressed. Give up the fight of faith. He will try. But he will only succeed if you let him. Amen? 
And so, what you're learning, put it into practice as you face the Goliaths of your own life. What is it that you're facing? What is it that comes against you, that threatens your family, the welfare of your family? that threatens the health of your children. Stand up, take your place, take your place of authority, rebuke the devil. When the devil tries to put sickness on your children, rebuke him, stand firm in the faith, declare the word of God over them. Believe what the word says, don't believe what you see and feel. Stand strong in the word of God. And God will show himself strong on your behalf. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did you get something out of the out of the lesson today? Let's close in prayer and then we will open it up for any comments or questions. Father in Jesus name, we give you thanks for your precious word. We thank you for the things you are teaching us. We thank you for the things you are showing us from your word. And it is our prayer that you would enable us and teach us to put them into practice. Father, we decree and declare by the words of our mouth, as we stand before you and before our brethren, that we will not be just hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word. Thank you for teaching us how to exercise our faith, how to believe your word, how to stand upon your word, and how to wield the sword of the Spirit against the enemy. Thank you for giving us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. As it is written in your word, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Pray that you would bless each and every one of our members this day, Father, wherever they have logged on from. Bless them, encourage them, and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.